Welcome to the Unit Reports Pulse Update. This is a bi-weekly podcast where we discuss what's up, what's down, and what's trending on the internet. And today, this is a very special episode. Um, we're coming to you, you're not hearing the, uh, the nice therapeutic sounds of Australia, but you're hearing the, uh, the background to Cisco Lives. So we're live here in Las Vegas. And I'm joined today by my good friend, Kamal Shankta. Thank you so much. It's awesome to be here. Uh, I hope that everyone out here is having a good time as, as much as we do here in Vegas. It's been pretty good. It's actually been very good this year. We've had a lot of, lot of coverage and lots of stuff coming through from there. And uh, a lot of people visiting the booth is where yes. we're actually uh, broadcasting from for today. All right. So today we're going to be talking about like a possible spring cleaning. So sort of things we see out there um, that might explain some spike we've seen in outages towards the beginning of the month. Um, so we've observed the similar sort of thing over the past few years. We also want to unpack some recent outages at, at Twitter, uh, Microsoft 365, Slack, Instagram, Apple's iMessage um, and HBO's new subscription uh, based streaming service, Max. Um, but before we get there, let's start with a download, which is a quick summarization, essentially my TLDR, uh, what you need to know about the internet in two minutes or less. So when looking at the overall uh, outage trends over the past month, in early May, we again saw a brief, uh, a brief spike in outages. So uh, we've observed this now for three consecutive years around this same time. So this seasonal spike could be explained by potential spring cleaning, uh, what we mean is when many IT teams sort of in, uh, in May seem to be some final spring clean of their infrastructure and setups at this time. Uh, and they sort of seize opportunity to slot in and schedule time uh, where they can actually do additional engineering or sort of maintenance work. On top of this, we also saw several outages at major companies um, in, in recent weeks, which we're gonna dive into deeper. We're gonna dive into a little bit of depth into Twitter, uh, Twitter disruption and the Microsoft 365 outage uh, later in the episode. But first, I want to give a quick overview of, um, of these and some other outages that caught our attention recently. So let's start off with Twitter Spaces. So Twitter used its live audio conversations feature, Twitter Spaces, on May the 24th to host the uh, presidential candidate announcement by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. So the announcement was actually impacted uh, by several technical problems uh, that caused issues accessing the Twitter space. At the beginning, um, uh, you might hear a, a, a <laughs> a forklift backing up behind me there. But at the beginning of the event, these issues, uh, uh, this, this sort of issues occurred at the beginning of the event there. Um, the issues might have been caused by the high number of users actually sort of trying to access the stream concurrently. But it's more likely that the bottleneck was sort of further down at the entrance point to the stream itself, rather than the stream infrastructure being able to support that number of uh, concurrent users wanting to access it. So however, in the, uh, in the, the case of the Twitter Spaces event, it would have been, um, really difficult for Twitter to identify such a bottleneck beforehand. Typically they test traffic, don't they sort of test traffic patterns, but testing traffic volume to that number uh, wouldn't, have, uh, wouldn't have wouldn't have been possible. And so for just testing the functionality it wouldn't have triggered the, uh, the the event. Instead it's likely the potential bottleneck would only have become available when, uh, or apparent I should say, when they sort of actually started from there. So moving on to HBO's new subscription-based streaming service, uh, Max HBO has updated subscription-based streaming service Max and experienced some issues on its uh, May, 23rd launch, May 23rd launch day, easy for me to say, with users encountering some inaccessible streams. A spokesman initially attributed the problems to a scale issue, uh, and this does appear to be the cause. Uh, so a large number of customers auditing the service at the same time to sort of try it out, uh, this sort of new tries we got from there. 
Now, Microsoft in uh, the Microsoft 365 on May 23rd, Microsoft reported issues with uh, the content rendering on Office.com and other services that came under Microsoft 365. The service could still be reached and partially loaded, but elements of the page content would not render, sort of due to some back-end calls in other services that sort of failed to complete. This manifested as the users are either incomplete page loads or unresponsive when they're trying to search um, or, or pull information in and just some general timeouts from there. And then just over a week later on June the 5th, uh, Microsoft experienced uh, another outage uh, impacting the Microsoft 365 services. Now this outage was actually sort of made up of several sustained periods of disruption over 27 hours. I'm gonna to go into that in a little bit of depth in, in a minute there. So Slack also, um, Slack users encountered uh, error messages when they were trying to connect to the service. This was relatively short, it's a 30 minute period during the mid-morning, Pacific time, to say there, on May the 17th. The company acknowledged that the load problems were in a state advisory and they attributed them to the operational change. So they made a change um, that, uh, that, that had an error in it and this caused the database to become inaccessible, basically couldn't access from there. So what was happening, you actually couldn't get information when you sort of trying to, to load the screens there. Sort of moving on to Instagram, uh, there was a technical issue that left users globally uh, unable to access Meta's Instagram on May the 21st. And this was then users attempting to open the app were greeted with an error message that they couldn't uh, load the feed. So refreshing the homepage and the profiles did not work. The impact was actually global, went across everyone. It, the duration was actually two to three hours. Um, and what we actually saw going off there again was sort of cover this. We saw lots sort of 500 errors again, indicative of uh, the problem being coming from the server side. And finally in this TLDR, the uh, Apple's iMessage. So on May 23rd, Apple confirmed some users were unable to send or download attachments in iMessage. The problems did not appear to impact all users globally, uh, only subset of Apple infrastructure. Additionally, the issue didn't really appear to generate a significant number of outage reports. And you know, one reason for this could have been that iMessage has this automatic uh, backup mechanism that kicks in when iMessage can't be delivered over the internet, so it sort of falls back to SMS. So it may have just been that sort of people were sort of having this work around from there. So what's really quite interesting here is the fact that a lot of these different uh, mission critical and enterprise application actually went down at the same time or during the same time frame. You yeah. know? And this is something that's really interesting. Now we saw this paradigm shift as part of which uh, um, users move towards the on-prem applications, towards the SaaS-based applications, and they expect them to actually work. But if you look at this, a lot of these mission-critical applications such as Office 365 or Slack that are uh, critical for people to actually uh, effectively and productively do their job actually are having problems. So again, uh, this underpins the uh, importance of visibility. Uh, as part of which people need to have the easy way to say whether it's an issue on, on their side or whether it's an issue on the provider side. Yeah, absolutely. And they want to be able to understand where it is so we can take steps around it. So if something's not there, is it is it me? Is it you? Exactly. And where can I actually drill into? So that's great. So we're going to dig into the Microsoft when we go from there. So as always, we've included chapter links in the description box below so you can skip ahead to the sections that are most interesting uh, to yourself. Um, as always, we'd like to hit like and subscribe uh, and email us at any time at internetreport@thousandice.com. I'd also just actually like to sort of uh, uh, call out there and welcome you. We always welcome your feedback and questions, but just call out the people who have actually come up to us here and on the sessions that myself and Kamal have been running and saying they listen to the podcast. We sort of thank you very much and we'd like to keep that, that, that up there. And as I said, keep the, the, the feedback coming in there. Well appreciated. Absolutely. Uh, and with that, let's take a quick look at the overall outage trends we've been seeing.
All right, so now to my favorite part of the podcast where we actually look at the uh, the numbers and the outer trends that, that we've been seeing over the past couple of weeks. And actually in this case, what we saw sort of over, over the May period. So following that sharp spike we observed at the start of May, the global outage numbers were more reasonably stable uh, uh, during the end of May and beginning of, uh, of June. So May 22nd to, to the June 4th period there. Uh, they initially sort of uh, dipped down. We saw this sort of slight drop there from 174 to 170, which is a 2% decrease when compared to that May 15th, 21st time period. This is followed by a slight rise, you know, sort of really marginal, with global outages sort of increasing from 170 to 176, which is a 4% increase compared to the previous. Uh, this pattern was not actually reflected in the US where um, outages sort of constantly increased across a two-week period, initially rising. Again, we're talking about slight rises here, so we went from 71 to 78, a 10% increase compared to May 15th, 21st. Um, and then the numbers again increased the, the, the following week by 10%, uh, rising from 76 to 86. If you actually look at sort of where the US centric outages accounted for um, what they accounted for in a total uh, global outages there, we saw 40% of all observed outages from May 22nd to June 4th, which is actually larger, much larger in this case than the percentage observed between May the 8th and 21st, where they accounted for 40% of the observed outages. Uh, and this actually continues this trend we've seen uh, over the recent recent weeks there, where we the so US centric outages are, are, are accounted for at least 40% of all the observed outages. Now I want to sort of focus on May uh, overall there. Uh, and in May, we sort of total global outages rise from 1,026 to 1,305, which is a 27% increase when compared to April. And the US centric outages also rose, climbing from 451 to 597, which is a 32% increase. Um, and this ends that trend we've seen, uh, we observed in both March and April, where the global outages decrease each month, while the US centric outages increase. Um, but I want to go back to that 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 May time, that the start of May, because the fact that these numbers have gone up, we've seen this sort of 47% increase from there. And we had that huge spike in the middle there that sort of makes everything uh, uh, dwarf down there. Yeah. Um, but we didn't see too much disruption. And we talked about a little about this in the last podcast. We didn't see too much disruption in terms of chatter on the internet, people complaining about sort of access there. So one of the things, and we sort of mentioned this about the spring cleaning. So you know, do you think that could be reflected there? Yeah, for sure. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about while you, were, while you were speaking about it is actually that a lot of these companies during this time of the year actually engage in what they call cleaning of the technical debt. Yeah, yeah. You know, and technical debt is not something that yeah. you know you push for quite some time under under the blankets or under the carpets, right? And then like it, it there's always going to be time that it got, gets you, right? So yeah. sometimes it gets you really hard way, sometimes actually quite minor. And in this particular case, even though the numbers are actually quite, quite large, if you think about it, low, yeah. global versus US is like, and even for the US, it was pretty significant compared to the rest of uh, uh, rest of the period of time that we just spoke about, uh, you know, it actually looks like uh, people were affected, but fortunately enough, it wasn't as noticeable as it's uh, as it can get. That's true. I mean, because I think, and if we actually delved, or I did delve down into it, I spend my day looking at the numbers. <laughs> this is a very sad life I lead. But 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 then. Well, as you're looking at the time of day they're occurring, yes. and they were, they were reasonably contained. But this this is impact. So if you look at the U.S. numbers there, we mm -hmm. sort of see it increasing, and that that fact that we're seeing this over, you know, pretty close to 50 percent. Yes. And these recurring it's sort of I think indicative again of this the time of day and the yes. fact then that we're seeing these sort of um, this spring cleaning as we're taking yes, place. Yes, I agree. I agree. Uh, it's actually quite good that they were not reflected as a pretty large outages. Absolutely. Often do. Yeah, yeah. And with that, what I want to do, let's actually sort of take a look at some of those outages that were actually user impacting as we're going to take a look under the hood.
All right. So the first outage you want to take a look at was um, was, was the, the, the Twitter. It was, a, it was a more of a disruption that came place. So Twitter used its live audio conversations feature, Twitter Spaces, this on May the 24th, to host the presidential candidate announcement for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Um, the, this candidacy announcement was uh, was impacted by technical problems that caused issues access in the Twitter space. But this was the beginning of, of the event um, from there. After about 15 minutes, the space was sort of relaunched, um, this time on a different profile. So it was initially launched under Elon Musk's profile and, uh, and they started around from there. And then they actually came and they sort of launched under another profile and then people could, could access and it actually started from there. So to understand this incident, um, it's worth dwelling a little bit on how spaces operates or how spaces actually work from there. So it's actually launched from an individual user's profile, as I understand mm -hmm. it. Um, and, and if you then take the case, it was actually launched from um, uh, uh, Elon Musk's pro, uh, profile. He's got, he's the most uh, uh, Twitter users at 140 million uh, users across from there. Pretty significant, right? Absolutely, quite, quite, quite a lot. And then, then what, what happens as we go through this? So um, even, you didn't have to be, um, uh, you don't have to be a follower of Elon Musk to actually access this stream. It's available for URL. You can get to it through a browser. You can actually get to it um, uh, from Twitter without having to be a user. Or you don't have to be logged on to Twitter. You don't have to be a member of Twitter around from there. But if you are a follower of Elon Musk, what happens is um, we go through this process where it puts a notification in the profile that says, Elon Musk is having a, a space to stream at the moment there. So we then you, you can actually go onto it. Now, for what we saw looking at the stream, we could actually see as it goes through this process, we could saw it does a little bit of an authentication and it's just authenticate that you're a follower. Mm -hmm. And it does this so it can actually put up from there. So what this meant is or means is you could have um, 100, potentially 140 million users trying to access and it has to go through this verification process itself. And you know, if we look at this, the architecture of Twitter from there, it's actually fairly robust, it's taken this, it's, it's used to this many concurrent users. Mm -hmm. So this is why we're saying it was this downstream. And this little verification process, we could see as it's going through uh, the stream, it's sort of in, in, indicative of that. Mm -hmm. uh, speaking about the technical issue itself, like, you know, if you have like 140 um, million users, and potentially, it was not the number that was, uh, you know, number of users that were trying to access the. That, that, the but it yeah. was the potential. Exactly. The potential of that many. Yeah. Imagine how hard it is to scale that service. Ah, oh, it's, it's yeah, not yeah. impossible. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But all, all all of that are good problems to have when you are, you know, service provider. Yeah, absolutely. Just on that that scaling issue there as well. It's also, why would you scale to that? You know, yes. Elon Musk is by far the the. The, the largest number of yeah, um, most uh, popular followers person there. On there yeah. so, so why would I do it for that exception? I mean, unless he's going to sort of run one of these bases every day. So there's there's no harm. And I'll tell you one thing, if you actually think about it, they sort of recognize it fairly quickly. Yes. And then they restarted for another profile that had less followers, and then everything went smoothly and they were able to sort of do it. That, that company is very good at what they do. Their SRE practices are fantastic, so I'm not even surprised that what we saw is actually what happened here. Good resolution. All right, so let's change tack a little bit and delve into a couple of Microsoft outages. So first one on May 23rd, Microsoft reported issues with uh, content rendering um, uh, on office.com uh, office right, and some other services attached under Microsoft 365. Uh, the services could still be reached. This is, this, is, this is quite an important point when we get into the second one. The services, or for both of them, the services could be reached uh, and partially loaded. All right, so you could actually get it, I could get a page up there, but elements of the page, the content, was failing to render when it came out from there. So as the users, this would manifest itself uh, either in complete page, incomplete page loads or unresponsive, so you went on there, so you know, I'm gonna hit the button harder until yes. I actually get a response coming up from there. <laughs> but then, 
Just over a week later, uh, on June the 5th, uh, this is when Microsoft experienced another outage that impacted Microsoft 365s. This was a far, had, had a far greater impact than sort of just being unable to sort of render page around from there. And when we actually looked at this, outage is made up of uh, several sustained periods of disruption spread over 27 hours. Uh, disruption lasted around eight hours in total when you actually look at that. So with that, what, we, we actually captured this quite well because it showed up quite well, so it was a global outage. So what I actually like to do is uh, is have you come out, take us through and sort of show you what we saw there, yeah, how it manifests itself. Yeah, it, it was a pretty significant event and I'm, I'm actually uh, quite glad to take you over that. Microsoft unfortunately experienced uh, sustained outages over period of two days effectively, as part of which uh, one of their mission critical applications, uh, and in this particular case that was uh, also actually sustained significant outage. Yeah. So it, it was service in the back as well. So it was the actual, yes. it was a connectivity and it was a service in the back there. And it was it was it was over two physical days with like a 27 hour period exactly. so we had the back of one exactly. and the start of another. Which... Essentially uh, if you were not able to read your email two days ago um, one of the things that contributed to that is exa exactly this outage. So on 5th of June at 9.15 CDT, uh, we can see that it was a significant spike in server errors. So if I click on start of that outage, you can quite clearly see that what's happening is that uh, from various different locations uh, towards the Microsoft Office 365, uh, there were uh, various uh, connectivity issues and outage. So even if we, as we progress with this particular event, we can see that it's actually getting worse and worse when it comes to metric that we call servers. Yeah, so and there's a couple of things here as well. So, so for the for the, the, the people listening on audio, we're actually looking now at a thousand eyes platform. And uh, what we're seeing here is we've gone into the insights and we can actually see this is, you know, my favorite things, we're looking at patterns. And one thing is I thought was fairly interesting is like you said, the sustained period, but it's, it's spiky. It so is. when we see things coming up and down, it's like sometimes a nice clear ladder and a clear yes. ladder down. In this case, it was, I say, spiky. Yes, uh, and that's potentially like issue kind of gets um, detected, you know, and first of all, it progresses to the maximum point and then they observe it and they try to do something about it, yep. be it a restart of services, uh, adding more capacity or whatever it may be, that kind of like could potentially explain, yep. uh, you know, uh, the staircase kind of effect. Yeah. So so in this in this case, they, they, they identified, oh, we, we're seeing issues, we know there's issues there, yes. um, it's, we, we've done a change, we've actually yes. implemented some change and then they to mitigate they started rolling it back. And I think that's yes. where we sort of see it clear. Exactly. Yeah? Exactly. So, uh, uh, it's actually quite interesting to see the outages uh, because once you switch over to the uh, sorry one, uh, locations, so once you click on the locations, you can actually see that it, this was a properly global outage. Yeah. Where we can see that it's 66 uh, global locations that were affected. Going back to servers, yeah. But it's not like global outage thing as yeah. well. It's, it's, I mean, and obviously your your session here on, on the, the <laughs> network detective, but but the, the fact then we're looking at an application. Is it safe to say that we can almost assume it's going to be global because it's at that application layer? Not because really. Because it's a SaaS, no? Well, not really, right? Like, yeah. it, it could be potentially isolated to certain regions, okay. right? Because if you think about the cloud, cloud deployments, like what, what, what's the first thing that they teach you? You should potentially have the redundancy, be it a, a multi-easy, multi-regional or something like that. So having something like this actually can tell you whether it's a global in, in, a, uh, in a time span of a few minutes. Excellent. So, so then moving in that train, train of thought a bit further on there, the fact then it was at the application within City Network, reachability problem, uh, we could reach these services, the front end, we were getting server was coming back but, but the fact then we, we couldn't go forward and it was this global thing there we could then say something within almost in that distribution level so we can see stuff within that distribution yeah yeah, yeah correct 
So here, if I click on Microsoft Office 365, it's going to uh, tell me that there were uh, 504 affected servers at Microsoft Office 365. Yeah. And if I actually click on that, I can you know, break it down into more details. And if I keep on doing that, I can see what are the prefixes that were affected as well, uh, which is really, really powerful from the perspective of uh, you know, identifying what's happening. So we can see here, for example, that it's 50% of all tests from our platform. Yep. Now, before I actually switch in one of the tests that actually uh, code this into details, yeah. one of the things that I want to say about Internet Insights is the fact that it's actually data-driven. Uh, this is powered by tens of thousands of, uh, if not more, uh, tests that are actually measuring pocket loss, latency, jitter, and various other criteria, yeah. and it's going to actually give you a data-driven decision whether something's a problem or yeah. not. I think, it's, I think it's close to 3 billion measurements a day we're actually looking at. Which, which is amazing if you think Absolutely. about it. Uh, so as you can see, this, this event happened in uh, multiple stages, as part of which we can see like it happened in the morning, then uh, there was appearance of this uh, in the afternoon, and then we saw it later on, uh, you know, happening uh, day after actually. Yeah, and it looked my, my patterns coming again. So we yes. have the rollback, we clear it, there's a gap, and then it happens again, they acknowledge it's happening again. But if you look at the number of oh, servers, yes, we've right. actually decreased again. So as we saw, we have this decremental effect, as it were, coming down as we go across each one of these occurrences. Exactly. And which which is actually uh, quite interesting that we even saw the reoccurrence of this event. Yes. You know, what's really actually interesting here is that, you know, and what I think might have been happening is that let's actually uh, move forward with the change that we originally wanted and let's see what it's actually breaking. And now, this time around, we are going to potentially know how to resolve the issue faster and contain it. So this might explain what we are seeing uh, over these two uh, days. So let's just go and take a look where look like as we go down into one of those uh, an individual test so what are we looking uh, at now is HTTP server test uh, as part as part of which the target URL is output.office365.com um, one of the interesting things here is that we obviously observed uh, significant impact on the metric that we call availability. Yep. Availability is nothing else than capability of the agents that are assigned to test to actually uh, do DNS resolution, three-way handshake, uh, SSL negotiation, we measure the time it takes and uh, to, to send and receive the first byte of the information, and HTTP, which is essentially uh, what's the HTTP, HTTP status code that we are getting back. Yep. So again, uh, going back to the timestamp, we see that at 9.10 or 9.15 uh, CDT uh, a few days back, uh, we saw significant degradation. Now, looking at the uh, world map, we can quite uh, quite clearly see, and it's very graphically represented that all of these agents uh, went red. Yep. And if I click on the table here, I can see uh, where they were failing. So receive uh, 503s and stuff like that. Yep. Yep. So one of the things uh, that network engineers tend to ask themselves very often is, is this a server-related issue or it's a network? You know, and you know, Thousand Eyes is one of these tools that can bridge that gap between uh, different silos, right? Yep. Uh, as part of which, server people uh, tend to blame the network. We say, go ahead, blame it's, the network, it, right? Yeah, it's uh, funny you say that, though, because it depends which audience. So I've yes. spoken to a bunch of DBAs. They say, oh, they always blame the database. Exactly. This, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That blame game is always happening. Correct. Now, fortunately enough, this tool is actually something that can bridge that gap between yep. different teams, and uh, so. 
for network engineers, uh, in order to check whether this was a network-related issue, uh, the only thing that you can do is you can click on the path visualization, yep. and as indicated with the purple lines on the timeline, we can quite see that this is a period of time when the issue was happening. However, we can see uh, very uh, small spikes of packet loss. So yeah, so we're seeing loss, that's what we're looking at for that there, is exactly. loss relations yes. when the outage Yes, yes, the metric here yeah. is loss. Yeah. Uh, in general, like on the, on the um, on the path visualization, what we are looking at is loss latency yeah, here, uh, depending on the depending on different requirements. So here, uh, as indicated by the purple lines, uh, what's happening is that these are this is the period of where Internet Insights actually captured the outage itself, yeah. and we can see that uh, while there are very small spikes in pocket loss, it's quite easy to say that this wasn't related uh, to the uh, related to the pocket loss. And furthermore, if I navigate down to see the path visualization we can pretty much see that all of the agents that were assigned, so for example, Atlanta, Georgia, Chicago, Illinois, Los Angeles, California, um, we can see the reachability is there, right? Yeah. And if I click yeah. on the Office 365, we can see different instances uh, that these agents were uh, uh, trying to yeah. reach, and we can see that all of this, from the network perspective, is pretty much reachable. Just for our audience, it's important to mention that uh, all of these circles that we are looking at, um, are essentially a networking hops uh, from our agents towards the uh, target itself. Yeah, and I think the other thing we can actually pull from, and when you went back to the other table there, with the fact we're looking at that, my favorite thing, the OSI 7 layer model, we can see the connectivity, so we go back to the HP server view there, we can actually see it come through there, but also then the fact in the table you said we saw 503, so 5XX exactly. is something that's a server generated. Exactly. So we know we're getting something back from the server. It doesn't necessarily mean that the back-end service is available, but what it means is I can get to this point and now it's a problem within that server. So it's not yeah, my exactly. client, it's not my network. Server-related, server. yeah. Correct. Correct. Server-related issue, yes. So, um, unfortunately, this spent a pretty extensive period of time, 27 hours for that yeah. matter, but I think like networking people were quite revealed to know that it wasn't here. It wasn't there. it wasn't there. And the other thing before we move on from there, I just want to say is that it's actually, you can see the spiky nature again. So it was, it was, it was really frustrating. And so, so this came up, I actually saw this, um, so we were obviously experienced this ourselves, this outage when it came, it came out there. And if I was actually accessing the app from my phone, so I was actually doing it through my um, Apple client, sort of the mail connecting through there, I could actually send and receive. If I was trying to do it through OWA, if I was trying to do it actually on the thick client on the desktop, it wouldn't work. So it was there, so we had this intermittent one, which again is representative of the fact that we have availability, but it's not going down completely to zero each time, so it wasn't a complete yes. failure, yes. which makes it even more frustrating. Yes, agreed, agreed. Intermittent connectivity to the service, it's never good. Fine, which yes. is then why you need that consistent or that constant um, uh, visibility to yes. see what's going on. We cannot stress more, and we do stress it quite a bit, but visibility is paramount in what we do. Well, that's great, Kamal. Um, yeah, that's excellent. Thanks very much. Well, thanks, Kamal. As always, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. Whenever I can actually stand face-to-face -face in a talk, it, it, it's very good. Likewise. We had, we had so much information, we could have carried on for, for days, but um, the show's about to open, so we actually sort of need to bring that to a close now. Thank you so much, Mike, and I hope we repeat this on future Cisco Lives as well. <laughs> thanks very much. All right, so thanks very much. That's our show. Please uh, like and subscribe and follow us on Twitter at ThousandEyes. Um, any questions, feedback, or guests you'd like to see, please just send us a note at the internet report at thousandice.com. So until next time, thanks and goodbye.